The Sloppy Sorting Hat is a podcast that includes adult language and content, as well as spoilers from your favorite TV shows, movies, and books. It is also a zero-budget production that may sometimes have weird audio quirks. You have been warned, and this is your last warning. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sloppy Sorting Hat. This is a podcast where we sort characters from our favorite movies, books, and TV shows. But because the hat and we are a little sloppy, we will most likely get it wrong. It's all fun and games until Xander loses his eye, but we've still got some fan favorite games coming at you today. Harry isn't the only chosen one. In this episode, we're headed to the Hellmouth to sort nine characters from the 90s slash early 2000s hit teen thriller drama, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But first, let's get sloppy, just like Buffy and Angel's relationship. Ready, Fred? Ready, George? So today we're getting sloppy with a conjured cocktail. I decided to make a gilly water. The recipe is 1.5 ounces of Tito's vodka, soda water, lemon juice, and I spiraled some cucumber to look like gillyweed and I used some mint leaves and it is very good. I recommend it to everybody. So this is the drink of choice by Minerva McGonagall and Luna Lovegood. It is made with gillyweed and possibly plain water. A fun fact about this drink is that Romilda Vane once tried to convince Harry Potter to drink some that she had spiked with love potion to which he declined, saying that he disliked gilly water. As he was aware that the one he was being offered was spiked with love potion, it was unclear if he actually disliked her or if he just used it as an excuse. A picture of this will be shared on our Instagram page along with the recipe. Mish, what are you drinking? Today I am drinking the Flying Dog Thunder Peel Hazy IPA. Long-time listeners of this podcast will know that I generally drink hazy IPAs. This is probably the first beer I've had on the podcast that's not local to Ohio, but I do still recommend it. Uh, it has a really nice orange flavor along with the kind of traditional flavors of a hazy IPA. So cheers. Danny, what are you drinking? I just grabbed a beer out of the fridge. It's a <laughs> 21st Amendment, brew-free or die blood orange IPA. That sounds so okay. good. I don't really like IPAs, but uh, it has it, you can taste a little bit of a hint of orange, which is nice. I think that you would really like hazy IPAs. I actually hate IPAs, but I love hazy IPAs because they're not as bitter. Right. They're smoother. And yeah. Michelle actually got me into hazy IPAs. So thanks, Mish. My friend Jose got me into hazy IPAs. Shouts to Jose. And yeah, hopefully he'll listen if he knows he has a shout out. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But I think it's really funny. Like two of us somehow end up basically drinking the same thing. Like you and I are both drinking orange uh, IPAs today. I do have a beer with me just in case if I finish this cocktail. And so this beer <laughs> is, um, it's a tangerine beer from Lost Coast Brewery. So I'm also drinking something orange. No way. Well, maybe. That's our family motto. That's what's on the crust is always have a, a backup drink. Yeah, yeah, for real. Well, let's play a game while we drink. Mish, have you been BUIing again? <laughs> For first-time listeners, BUIing is brooming under the influence, and I very firmly believe that buzzed broom flying is not the same as drunk broom flying. So, no, I have not <laughs> been BUIing. But that being said, I am lost, and it's time for another segment of Dude, Where's My Broom? Besides, you don't even know how to fly. Okay, so the way this game works is I'm pretty sloppy and I've been flying my broom around. I'm lost somewhere in the wizardly world. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to describe what I'm seeing so that my sisters can come and pick me up. Yeah, we got you. We got your back. So you guys ready? Yeah. I am seeing a quaint little village in Scotland. Godric's Hollow. Nope. I am seeing a lot of students. Uh, Did you make this hard? You would. <laughs> 
Ooh, Scotland. I don't know. That's where Hogwarts is. Oh. I am seeing Buffy and Angel in that corner, Xander and Cordelia in that corner, and Willow and Tara over there. The Watchers Academy? Oh, no. nice. I am... <laughs> <laughs> I am seeing Hogsmeade. The Hogshead? No. I am seeing some tea and treats set out at little tables. Ooh, are you mm. having a tea party? No. You're supposed to be drinking. Why are you <laughs> having tea? <laughs> I am seeing Valentine's Day decorations. Is it Honey Dukes? No. I am seeing people kissing. Oh, stop watching people kiss me. That's weird. Yeah, you're creepy. <laughs> it's really very entertaining. I am getting off on it. No. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Is it okay. the three broomsticks? Nope. Okay. I am seeing Harry and Cho on their first and last date. Oh, oh uh, I just heard about this on a podcast. Did I already guess the Hogshead? You, you did. Okay. <laughs> Is it just Hogsmeade? I said I am seeing Hogsmeade. That was a clue. Oh, so my bad. I am seeing a, a woman uh, walking around serving the tea. She looks like her name might start with a P. Wow. We're bad. Wait. I think you're just going to be stuck there forever. <laughs> All right. I walk outside to try to get my bearings and I see a sign outside and it's got a little T. Is it Madam? Am I on the right? track yeah madam pudfoots yeah you found me oh me i'm so excited i can take you home now come on get on my broom we're going home <laughs> i win that was tragic sorry we left you there hanging so long we gross. are ashamed i didn't like it <laughs> sorry me are you guys ready to slay some vampires and demons well too bad yeah. we're just going to sort the characters but we can slay while we do it when i call your name you will come forth i shall place a sorting hat on your head and you will be sorted into your houses how are we gonna slay while we do it <laughs> slay all day <laughs> that kind of slay Sorry, we're going to slay, but we're not going to slay. You know what I mean? Anyway. <laughs> I get it. Mish, get us started. Name your character and tell us what house you think they belong in. I am sorting first Cordelia Chase, who is a serious badass. I have decided to sort Cordelia into Hufflepuff. That's my house, and I'm, I try to sort everybody there if I can. So here are some reasons that Cordelia is in Hufflepuff. She does what she wants to do. She wears what she wants to wear. And you know what? She dates whoever she wants to date, no matter how lame he is. So I'm putting Cordelia in Hufflepuff because she dated Xander, no matter how lame he was. And that is definitely a Hufflepuff characteristic because she's stuck by her man, no matter how much people were like, wait, who? Him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah I right? think about that. Mm -hmm. And she has a real commitment to, you know, the truth and integrity. For example, a couple of things Cordelia has said in the series. I think it, I say it, it's my way. So she doesn't filter, <laughs> she doesn't scheme, she doesn't lie. She just says it the way it is. And also, um, probably my favorite Cordelia quote is, tact is just not saying true stuff. I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Cordelia. <laughs> so for these reasons, and, you know, we're sticking to Buffy, but there are a lot of very Hufflepuff type things that she does in Angel as yeah. well, but I don't want to oil Amanda on that. So. Yeah, I'm the lamest and I haven't seen Angel. So it's actually pretty good. You should watch it. Yeah, but you guys know how I feel about Angel. So <laughs> well, he kind of <laughs> redeems himself. He's better on his own show. So I have uh, my obviously favorite character ever, Angel. <laughs> that was a joke. I hate Angel. I'm going to put Angel into Ravenclaw. This is going to get real dark here. So when he loses his soul, he's really good at scheming to make Buffy's life a living hell. And I just think that he's like a genius for half of the stuff that he does. 
Yeah, when he loses his soul, he's dick. Yeah, he was, he was evil, but truly creative. The things that he did, he thought out a plan to bring back the demon that was going to cause the end of the world, even though this didn't work out for him. It still was pretty smart of him. He also thought of so many ways to torture Buffy and the Scooby gang, for example. He would draw pictures of Buffy sleeping at night and leave them in her bedroom just to freak her out. So obviously this sounds more Slytherin, but I just think that he really knows how to get under her skin. So it's just like very thought out. I think that was hot. This is why you like Angel. Let's not forget about the time that he killed Jenny Callender, which is really sad. Giles' girlfriend, Jenny, he thoughtfully placed her dead body in Giles' bed after he killed her, obviously. And I just think that that is pure genius. Just so thought out, calculated schemes that really, really got under the skin of the Scooby gang. And so that's why I think he should be in Ravenclaw. That's interesting. I don't know what month Angel was born. I'm assuming he's a Gemini because he, you can say obviously he's supposed to be in Slytherin, but like when he has a soul, is he still in Slytherin? It's questionable. I don't know. Yes. Yes. I think so. Okay. <laughs> Guys, I think the Angel could be a Hufflepuff. He works really hard at not being a vampire. And also, Hufflepuff is known for having famous vampires like a certain Cedric Diggory. True. Oh, yeah. I didn't even put that together. I didn't either. Adam told me that. <laughs> Shout out to Adam. <laughs> He's still never going to listen. So I'm going to sort Rupert Giles. Like I did with Rupert Grint's character, Ron Weasley, I'm putting Rupert Giles into Slytherin. Ooh. He was born into a family of Watchers. And after a bad experience at the Watchers Academy, he was like, screw you, family. I'm going to be a rogue magician. <laughs> did you say a road magician or... <laughs> No, a uh, rogue uh, magician. Just imagining him like in a van traveling around the country, just stopping in random street corners and doing magic. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he became rebellious, explored dark magic with a group of friends. He used tales of demons and dark magic and lies about being a founding member of Pink Floyd in order to manipulate and impress girls, which is pretty shifty. That wasn't true? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Shit. I always thought he was a founding member of Pink Floyd. Uh, he must have got to you. <laughs> On the good side of Slytherin, he is a determined and intelligent person with extreme knowledge of demonology, mystical artifacts, black magic, and a fluency in several languages. But most slithery of all, he becomes a father-like figure for Buffy and then abandons her to move back to England. So rude. What do you guys think? I agree with that last part for sure. Yeah, that is rough when he does that. Yeah, and that is rough. He, ha he thinks he has his reasons, but they're not solid. You know, no. I always was very upset that he did that. Yeah. And doesn't he do it after Joyce dies too? Like the time yeah. was awful. Yeah. I read that it was because he wanted her to figure out how to be an adult on her own. And I'm like, that just what is it? That's what he said. But like, it's like, no, man, this is the worst timing for one of your weird bullshit lessons. Kind of happens in Harry Potter as well with Dumbledore, Order of the Phoenix, where Dumbledore like decides to just like not talk to Harry at all. Yes. Yeah, but that he has reasoning for that because he's concerned that Voldemort will like he'll be able to use Harry to see what Dumbledore is doing. So he has to keep things secret from Harry. Right. But I just want to say, like, I think that that's just just something that happens in stories a lot where the people that are almost like fatherly figures or motherly figures for like the chosen one or whatever they they have to go and go away so that they can actually experience it themselves and get the job done themselves I have Dawn next. And this one was really tough because I really feel like Dawn is all over the place as a character. It took me a really long time to decide and I ultimately realized that she is a squib. 
<laughs> our first squib, guys. This is our exciting stuff. That's amazing. Oh. I'm here for this so much. <laughs> so, <it>. uh, <laughs> she really honestly is just a ball of energy that some, some monks turned into Buffy's fake kid sister. And they didn't even do a very good job of it. They really half-assed it. They left her with like ha half of a personality. And it's like the shitty half of a personality, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don is whiny. She's insufferable. Somehow Buffy still loves her. And I really respect Buffy for that. But if either of you were as shitty as Don, I don't think we'd be doing a podcast together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, so, same. Uh, as Anya said, Don, she's really not good for anything. And uh, as Buffy said, Don is in trouble. Must be a Tuesday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and lastly, and most importantly, Don herself calls this out. She says, this is true in the series. This is a direct quote from Don. Yeah, mom, I'm not going to Hogwarts. Oh my God. <laughs> what? That's amazing. So <laughs> even Don knows. Did you really say that? Yeah. Yeah, she did. That's, oh, that's the awesome. best. <laughs> so, so even Don knows she's a squib. Ah, Harry Potter references and other TV shows and everything is just the best. Oh, that's I great. agree. It's a very early one, right? Because yeah. like right when the books were kind of coming out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> okay, perfect. You did a great job. I, I, yeah. mean, I agree. She's a I, squib. I didn't even think that squib was a category for us, but yeah, I agree with that. I'm always <laughs> yeah. cheating the rules like a true Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about this one. This one's long. I had a lot about Spike. Um, he's my favorite character. I adore him so much. And you guys will be happy about this. I'm putting him into Hufflepuff. Woo! Yeah. He is yeah. another famous vampire, you know, like. Yeah. Oh, Edward yeah. Like Cedric. And yeah. Cedric. <laughs> he belongs. He belongs. Yes. I think that he's a Hufflepuff because he's just very loyal. Um, he's really, really loyal, firstly, to Drew, Drusilla. When Drew and Spike arrived in Sunnydale, Drew had just been injured by an angry mob and Spike was more than happy and willing to be her caretaker. So dedicated to heal Drew and knowing that the only way Drew could be healed is by the blood of her sire. And we all know that her sire is Angel. Spike so generously offered to take the blood of Angel in a vampire restoration ritual. So Spike was more than happy to kill Angel to heal her super loyal another time spike showed true loyalty for drew even though he was paralyzed from the waist down in a wheelchair he still threw drew a birthday party even with their vampire lackeys dressed in gothic attire and arranged flowers to drew's insane standards and collected the pieces of the judge's body i mean i feel like he definitely like went out of his way to just be so loyal make her happy and i i really think that's a hufflepuff trait I somehow forgot about the whole Drew storyline and I freaking loved her. <laughs> I just I know. <laughs> I agree. I loved Drew as well. Oh, she's awesome. I loved her. Moving on. Spike was eventually a victim of the initiative and they placed a microchip in his head so he couldn't harm a human being. And if he did try, he would experience crippling pain. Once Spike realized he still could kill demons, he became an ally with the Scooby gang, but would only kill for cash and stuff. But at least he was doing some good. Spike became more and more active in the Scooby gang and realized that he was starting to have feelings for Buffy. He even jumped in to assist Buffy with some fights. Even if Buffy didn't want to help, she often took her frustrations out on Spike, but he didn't mind because he just wanted to spend spend more time with her right and he raped her even though she didn't want to have sex he did time. not rape her he just attempted rape guys <laughs> yeah oh well it's fine then <laughs> <laughs> it really was the biggest like why 
why did they have to put yeah, that why? in there? Yeah, I know. It was, it's like, why did you do that to a great character? No, I agree, but I still like him. Still needs to be in Hufflepuff. So yeah, I, I mean, I, we'll take him. I, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll take everyone. Right. <laughs> I also need to mention um, his true loyalty at the end of the series when he was fighting the first. Spike ended up saving the world by allowing the sun to incarcerate him, and he actually ended up closing the Hellmouth, which is just such a good way for my main man to go out. I love him. He <laughs> remained true to his desire to die for love, honor, and all of the right reasons, I think is an actual quote from him. When I was Googling him and wicking him, I was reading the storyline and I just, I felt all the feels. I just really love him. And these are reasons why I think he should be in Hufflepuff. And I hope you guys agree. You know what? I do agree. I could not think of any of those things on my own, but man, you did a good job. I I think he definitely deserves to be in Hufflepuff. When he wasn't a vampire, wasn't he a little bit uh, more of an outsider type person? So mm-hmm. his name was William the Bloody. And the reason why his name was William the Bloody is because he like gave these poems that everyone thought that they were like super terrible. Right. But he tried. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you know, he tried really hard. He had a little soft heart when he was yeah. uh, when he was a human. So they gave him a William the Bloody because his poems were bloody terrible. Right, exactly. <laughs> I would say maybe Gryffindor be- because he actively makes the choice to go seek out a soul and goes through that awful ritual to get it. And even though I think he's a rapist and terrible, I <laughs> I do respect him a little bit more than Angel because Angel, when he doesn't have a soul, is just plain evil and does not want to get it. But like Spike made an active choice as a true vampire to be like you know what I want to have a soul so I do respect that. I respect that too and I actually I just want to say I totally forgot about how he almost raped Buffy. I think (laughs) maybe because he is my favorite character so I just kind of like try to forget about those bad times. Just skip that episode and rewatches. I am next. I have Anya and Anya is a Hufflepuff. She's a vengeance demon so (laughs) (laughs) So clearly (laughs) so she obviously believes in justice guys. Okay Mm -hmm. Maybe Mm -hmm. vengeance and revenge is not the best way to seek out justice, but sometimes the most fair thing to do in life is grant dark wishes against men. Am I right? Slay. Yeah, um, (laughs) totally agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) And guys, she works really hard at it. I mean, throwing out vengeance left and right. She's a pro. Most importantly, she is extremely loyal to Xander. Despite hating men, she falls for Xander and saves his life on multiple occasions. We'll quickly skip over that part where Xander leaves her at the altar. She comes a vengeance team again and bangs Spike and move on to where she stops Spike from making a vengeance wish on Xander, which shows more loyalty. Mm-hmm. Also, bunnies. It must be bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> and that has nothing to do with Hufflepuff, but I had to say it anyway. I love Anya. I think she's one of the best characters. Oh, she definitely is. Most of the time she's like comic relief, but one of my favorite scenes with her is when she kind of has to face death for the first time as um as a human and when Joyce dies and she just kind of like breaks down in like a very childlike. Oh yeah. She's never gonna have like what is she I don't remember exactly, which says something like she's never gonna have Kool-Aid again or whatever. She's never gonna comb her hair again. Like just that uh brutal realization of like how final death is for her for the first time yeah oh that scene when joyce dies by the way terrible sorry how to say yeah, that so true um yeah i i love anya i especially love when she's playing the game of life and she tries to trade her children in for more money i mean come on girl that's that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> So I have Xander next, and I've decided to sort Xander into Ravenclaw. The reason for this is mainly his genius in successfully making sure that the others don't notice that he has been hypnotized and swayed by Dracula. (laughs) 
So if you remember that great Dracula episode, he is put under Dracula's sway and he is eating spiders and bugs, but nobody notices around another other Scooby gang members. Oh, yeah, yeah. He says such memorable things as blood is life, uh, according to them. And (laughs) like any of that is enough to fight the dark master, Bader. (laughs) (laughs) And also later refers to him as the unholy prince, Bader. (laughs) He has a couple slips, but he successfully manages to fool the others so they don't realize that he is working with the Dark Masturbator. (laughs) (laughs) And so he's really in Ravenclaw, right? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a Ravenclaw. He's so super smart. But he does have one intelligent aspect. He has all that knowledge of the military training from that Halloween episode, which really does help the Scooby gang a little bit. Yeah, in a rare moment of sincerity for me. Xander's not only my favorite character in Buffy, but he's one of my favorite characters of all time. And so I do want to just give him some actual real compliments here for a second if you'll bear with me yeah do it Um, (laughs) despite the fact that xander has literally no power except for he gained he did gain some of that military knowledge that Mm he uses but other than that he has no power he is always there he's in every episode except for one in the entire series and he is very intuitive and he sees everything that's going on and he just has an uncanny ability to cut through all the dramatic bullshit and see what needs to be done a lot of times when other people are just kind of flustered uh and he's very like ron weasley another of my favorite characters of all time in this regard where he's just there he he's able to just kind of see what needs to be done so i do think that he has a lot of flaws and that's one of the reasons i love him so much but he is you know just a great friend and that's not necessarily ravenclaw trait but i just want to say some nice shit about xander so there you go. I agree with this. I think that he shows a lot of the same traits as Ron. And I know Ron is your favorite character in Harry Potter. And so it just it, it makes sense that Xander would be and I love him. He's so funny. And without him in the show, it would just be boring. So I agree. Yeah, I think he's pretty witty and clever. He has a lot of the comedic relief. He's a vital part of the show. Yeah, I think just sure. because he's so witty makes him a good Ravenclaw. One of his greatest moments in the whole series is when Willow has gone like full dark and is like about to basically destroy the world and everyone's pretty much given up and Xander just stands there and just says over and over again I love you I love you yes that's such a good uh, moment for sure and he's not even trying to save the world he's just I think he's just trying to let her know like no matter what even if she does destroy the world he's still gonna love her and again not necessarily I don't think he came up with it it wasn't a scheme doesn't make him a Ravenclaw but I just want to put some Xander appreciation out there so slay Xander (laughs) yeah slay Xander we love you okay guys I have Willow my girl Willow Rosenberg goes from being a naive, shy nerd to being one of the most badass witches on earth and most memorable big bads of the whole series. So, so Matt- true. I think that she was such a good big bad. I love it. <laughs> Still a nerd, though. Ultimately. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So naturally, I'm sorting Willow into Gryffindor. Mm, mm-hmm. Early like, on, <laughs> she is uh, like it. <laughs> quick, <laughs> she's quick to join forces with Buffy to fight evil, despite having basically only her intelligence to help. She is just ready for a crazy adventure, which shows her true bravery. As the series progresses, Willow has many transformations and character growth. Willow is an extremely curious cat, like HP himself. Mm-hmm. Willow's curiosity gets the best of her in many situations, but mainly when it comes to witchcraft. At first, she uses her power for good and to always put her friends first as her abilities evolve she knows some of her actions may be irresponsible but she continues to fall deeper and deeper into magic due to her strong will even though most of her choices are well-meaning it leads to a full-blown evil revenge bringing us the amazing dark willow (laughs) 
Even the attempt at the apocalypse is due to her becoming so powerful that she feels all the pain of the world and just wants to put everyone out of their misery. I mean, she's wrong, but at least she thinks she's doing something good. So in the end, she is determined and succeeds at overcoming her dependence on magic and learns to use her power for good and embraces her ability to be a hero, showing the main characteristics of a Gryffindor. (laughs) I'll take her in my house. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I love Willow. She's the best. (laughs) Oh, I do. And I think that um, her transformation throughout the entire series is amazing. Um, I love that she had to overcome her addiction to magic. I love her. I love that she went bad and then went good. It's just a good storyline for sure. It is. It's a classic Buffy storyline. Nobody in the Buffyverse is perfect and everybody has a little good and everybody has a little evil. And I think it's something that like people like Giles especially have to learn through the series is that no one is purely evil. We are ready for Buffy. Come on, Amanda. Okay. In every generation, there's a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the slayer, right? (laughs) She's the slayer. So, (laughs) yeah. So, what is she slaying? She's the slaying the vampires and the demons and the forces of darkness. But with this quote, it says that she alone will stand against them. However, she doesn't do it alone. We all know she has so many people helping her. This is why I'm putting her into Slytherin. She feels like that she can take all of the credit <laughs> for slaying all of these demons, but really she is not doing it alone. It also took her a great deal of time and a lot of convincing to even want to be the Slayer. And I know that she was only 15 years old when she was activated, so I get it. But really, she was the chosen one and I think she should have embraced it from the beginning just like Harry Potter did. He embraced it from the beginning. He jumped in right away and started fighting off the evils. But despite that, I truly think that she shows so much ambition, which is why I'm mainly putting her, in, her into Slytherin. She's very good at scheming. She came up with the idea to activate all of the potential slayers in the world. She then was dedicated to train them, and then they all could help in the war against the first. She also thought of a plan for the whole student body to be involved at graduation to defeat the mayor. So super ambitious of her. So I do think that she's a little selfish. She puts her interests first multiple times, especially when it came to Angel. Of course, I got to talk about this because this is mainly why I don't like Angel. But she should have stayed Angel since he is a vampire and that's her freaking job. (laughs) (laughs) But instead, she falls in love with him. Gag me. And has a relationship with him. And then Angel ends up getting his soul taken away. And then he kills a whole bunch of people and causes so much havoc. And it all could have been prevented if Buffy would have just done her job. (laughs) Seems a bit Mm -hmm. selfish to me, which is a Slytherin trait. And at one point, Buffy just left. Like, she seriously just, like, ran away, went to L.A., leaving Xander and Willow to try and do the duties of being the Slayer, especially at night at the cemetery. She also ended up using Spike for many different reasons, even though she knew Spike was in love with her, which I think is very selfish of her. And so, yeah, those are the reasons why I think Buffy Summers is in Slytherin. Yeah, she's the selfish one in that relationship with Spike. (laughs) (laughs) I think we already touched on that relationship. (laughs) We did. We don't need to touch on that again. But can we touch on the Buffy Angel relationship, please? Sure. It sucked. (laughs) Yeah, I hated it. I'm really confused as to why you hate Angel so much when you were Team Edward and Twilight. Because I like Spike. Because I like Spike. We want to talk about Twilight for one second. Let me let me give you my reasoning. So when I was a angsty teenager, I really liked Edward Cullen. 
That's your reason? Okay, yeah. I'll take it. And then once I grew older, I realized I actually like Jacob way more. <laughs> so I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on this, on Slytherin. Yeah, I also would have put her in Slytherin, um, mainly due to the ambition. She strives to save the world despite so many challenges against her. And you already touched on that. So I don't really have much else to add. I agree with Slytherin. And I think that part of it is just as much as she whines about being the Slayer and runs away from it occasionally and is like not into it, that she does feel threatened when, when there becomes a second Slayer. Oh, yeah. That's and when anybody try and when anybody else is kind of like better than her, she has to be the best, even, in, even though she like is pained and, and complains about being the Slayer, she still has to be the best Slayer. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I saw that a lot with, well, obviously Faith, but that's just a different story. But Kendra, when Kendra was activated and Kendra was like so headstrong slayer, like didn't get like any emotions involved. But Buffy was very more of a loyalty with her friends, definitely was more emotional about it, but she still definitely had to be the best slayer. So right. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All right. Well, that was fun. We usually like to end with some mashup memes, but we couldn't find any for Buffy. But if we were doing like a Buffy and Twilight podcast, then we'd have a hundred of them, but (laughs) we don't have any. But instead, what we have are the all of the Harry Potter references that appear in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I already alluded to one, which is from Dawn. Let me give you the full reference here. So this is from season five when Joyce, Buffy and Dawn are arguing about Buffy taking Dawn shopping for school supplies. Buffy says, Mom, that does not work for me. Giles and I have some work to do and we're just going to the magic shop. No school supplies there. And Dawn says, yeah, Mom, I'm not going to Hogwarts. And then Buffy and Joyce look confused. And then Don says, geez, crack a book sometime. Love it. <laughs> At least Don was good for something. At least she read Harry Potter. The last two are from season seven. So the, there's only there's only three of them. <laughs> In this episode, Giles is kind of being understanding about all the like, you know, bad Willow stuff that happened and mm-hmm. takes her to England to get clean and introduce her to ways to help harness her magic and everything. And so Willow says, I've killed people, Giles. And then Giles says, I haven't forgotten. And Willow says, when you brought me here i thought it was to kill me or to lock me in some mystical dungeon for all eternity or you know with the torture instead you go all dumbledore on me oh (laughs) i remember that i remember that exact scene that's great i love it that's funny because we had discussed how uh, giles kind of was like dumbledore And then the last one is from season seven, Andrew, who I think is one of the people that Willow tried to kill, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. So he says to Buffy, I was about to be dead. You saved me. And Buffy says, for the time being, but if you don't tell us what we need to know, then I'm going to offer you to the first on a platter and let him chop you into tiny pieces. And Andrew says, the first what? And Anya says, the name of the evil thing that pretended to be Warren to get you to kill Jonathan. And Andrew says, oh, not very ominous sounding. Don says, no, it is if you understand the context. And Andrew says, no, an evil name should be like Lex or Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> Voldemort is pretty scary. So in every podcast, there's a chosen one. It alone will stand between the rest of the podcast that we already did and the end of the podcast. And, <laughs> and this game is that chosen one. It's time to play Oh Bloody Oh, bloody hell. All she wants to do is me. My lips are getting chapped. Look. If you didn't listen to our Harry Potter episode, one, go back and listen to it. And two, here's a quick explanation of our oh, bloody game. One of us beeps out words and sentences taken from the Harry Potter books, and the others have to guess the word. They can also guess the book, chapter, and page number for bonus points. Okay, are you ready, guys? Slay. Yeah. <laughs> Ready. (laughs) Number one. Once they're asleep, pull out a few of their hairs and them in a broom closet. (laughs) I'll let Amanda go first. Shove them into a... Come on. Leave? (laughs) 
<laughs> Amanda, try again. Put them in a broom closet. <laughs> is it push? No, it's not. I'll give you guys what the word is, and then Amanda can try for one of the bonus points. It is hide. So once they're asleep, oh, pull out a few yeah. of their hairs and hide them in a broom closet. Okay, so a chamber of secrets. Yes. I'm going to guess chapter 25. Wrong. <laughs> okay, so Amanda has one. Number two. And Ron, who told Hermione she is a <laughs> at least twice a week. Michelle, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, I know this isn't right, but I just feel like it's, it should be buzzkill. Wrong. <laughs> Amanda? Okay, so Ron tells Hermione that she's a biatch. <laughs> Eh, not biatch. Okay, Mish, try again. Know it all. Yeah. Yes. Woo! Oh, yeah. Okay. Can you get any bonus points? That could have been in any book, but I, <laughs> I'm going to go with Prisoner of Azkaban. You're right. And oh, uh, yeah. chapter 10. Close. It was chapter 9. Oh, oh my God, Michelle. <laughs> page 172. Uh, the page number depends on the print. So <laughs> which print version are you looking at? So that's why you got the chapter wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the third one. I've seen you practicing every hour of the day and night. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I'm going to go Quidditch on this one. Oh, you're right. You got it. <laughs> yes. Yay. Sorcerer's Stone. Nope. It was The Prisoner of Azkaban. Chapter oh, 14, page 274. All right, then last one. Yeah, one second. Adam texted me. Oh. <laughs> Shout out to Adam. <laughs> He's asking if he can flush the toilet or will it make it into the podcast? <laughs> Tell him now it will. <laughs> okay, so guys, you are two to two. Michelle gets to go first on the next one. And this is for all the marbles. If that's the best Rita can do, she's losing her touch. What a pile of old. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon dung. <laughs> eh, no garbage eh, close oh you said you said garbage was close rubbish yes yeah. Damn it, that's what I, was gonna do. I hate you i hate you <laughs> i mean i would imagine that's in goblet of fire i agree correct chapter 18 no chapter 27 page 512 <laughs> <laughs> mish one she gets bragging rights taken from me because i won the last one can i just point out that in both of these i have given you guys <laughs> like clues as to what the actual answer is no you may not point that out <laughs> i will be editing that out of the final podcast i will not be editing that out <laughs> And now we're going to do Spill That Veritaserum. The time has come for answers. Have you brought the Veritaserum? We're going to try to answer your questions, so send them in. The first question for today is from Ginny. How would you sort the following? Beer, wine, tequila, and bourbon. So first of all, let's just clarify. This isn't from Ginny Weasley. This is from my friend, Ginny. No, it's definitely from Ginny Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm definitely going to put beer in Hufflepuff, not just because it's my drink of choice and I am a Hufflepuff, but because I just feel like <laughs> beer is just friendly and drinkable and like seeing an old friend. Wine, I think I'm going to put in Ravenclaw because I'm not a big wine drinker, but I always associate wine with like very smart, sophisticated people like Frasier or whatever. <laughs> so tequila in Slytherin, because personally for me, tequila gets me real fucked up 
real fast. And so I feel it's a very cunning drink. And then I guess uh, by default, I have to put bourbon and Gryffindor. But I think that makes sense because it's really bold. It's a bold flavor. Uh, and Gryffindors are bold. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to put every single one into the same house. <laughs> I don't really have any arguments. Beer for Hufflepuff because it is comfortable. It's not too strong, so you can drink a lot of it. And then wine for Ravenclaw because I always feel a little bit more sophisticated when I'm drinking wine. And Ravenclaws are a little bit more know-it-all-y and they kind of seem like they think they're sophisticated. Anyway, tequila for (laughs) Slytherin because, you know, I only drink tequila and margaritas when I'm trying to get drunk. So I feel like it's a little bit of a manipulative drink. It just gets me there to the drunkness without me even knowing. And then bourbon, because I feel like bourbon is a little douchey. And I think Gryffindors (laughs) are a little douchey. Wow. (laughs) So I'm going to put beer into Hufflepuff. I think we all did that. I think it's just like a more tame thing. And Hufflepuffs are a little bit more tame. Wow. All right. So wine, I'm going to put into Gryffindor because I am Gryffindor and I love wine. (laughs) It's my drink of choice. So that's literally the only reason. So I'm going to put tequila into Slytherin. I think we all did that just because if you're drinking tequila, like I just think I'm going to make bad decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Slytherins usually make bad decisions or at least uh, very bold decisions. You're ready to party when you're drinking tequila. And I'm going to put bourbon into Ravenclaw because I feel like if you're like reading a good book or actually, yeah, just reading a good book, you're like sipping on your like bourbon. (laughs) Okay. I'm never I'm never doing that but I but I support it <laughs> I feel like it's like a very smart choice okay. like you're not if you're drinking bourbon you're not drinking it to get drunk you're drinking it for I don't know I just really think that the like the more intellectual people in the world drink bourbon and yeah those people like, likely will be in Ravenclaw so like who drinks bourbon anyway like Jim drinks bourbon oh and, well, he and he's Ravenclaw, a Ravenclaw so it makes sense <laughs> Okay, next question from Adam. Again, he does not listen to this podcast, but I'm going to tell you his question anyway. What makes you qualified to day drink and talk into an enchanted microphone? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I don't think we ever said the microphones were enchanted. That's that's fake news. Honestly, this question might as well be like, who do you guys think you are? What makes us qualified to talk into a mic is that we purchased the microphones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we set it all up and we did it. like that's all you gotta do like adam if you want to start a podcast man just do it just do you i think i think it's more the day drinking like what makes us qualified to day drink like i'm 30 i can day drink if i want to am i right right i'm gonna i'm gonna day drink every goddamn day i please <laughs> so i'm an adult all right the enchanted microphone bit, I don't, I don't understand that. But yeah, day drinking because I'm hanging out with my sisters and sometimes you need to drink to hang out with your sisters. <laughs> wow. I yeah. don't even feel like I'm qualified to do it. I just feel like I should do it. <laughs> yeah, we want to do it and we're doing it. And we don't feel like we're the authority on anything we're talking about. And in fact, we feel we're the opposite because we're very sloppy. Thank you so much for playing with us today during this very special Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. Don't forget to like, save, subscribe, or do whatever you need to do to make sure you don't miss the next episode. Even though we iron our dreams and we're clearly evil, please follow us on Instagram at sloppy.sorting.hat. And if you have a suggestion on a new movie, book, or TV show that we should sort, let us know. Until next time, stay sloppy. And if the apocalypse comes, beat me. Conversations over, hell bitch. I've got nothing once again. (laughs) 